Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Well, it's great to be together this morning. And before we get into the message, I just want to do a few happy birthday messages. Shout outs, and this Wednesday, 6th of May, there are five birthdays happening. So firstly, happy birthday to Xavier Pooley. Have a great day. Uh, Happy birthday to Hannah Elmer. Happy birthday to Ian Mackay. And happy birthday to Anna Andrews. And the fifth person that's having a birthday on Wednesday is myself. So I'm going to be 21 again, which is going to be brilliant. Now, Simon Coles is going to be... uh, I don't know what age he's going to be, but his birthday's the next day on the 7th. So happy birthday, Simon. Have a great day. And I want to give a big happy birthday shout out to David Greaves, who was 40 yesterday. So huge congratulations, David. I hope you had a great day. Have a very, very blessed year ahead of you. Now, on uh, Friday, for those of you that joined us, we had a brilliant time having communion together, and it was so good having the Donaghy family sharing with us what God's been doing in their lives, in their homes with their kids, and it was just a lot of fun. So if you weren't able to be part of that, you can find that on the uh, on the website and check that out. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, not only Andy and Claire sharing, but also uh, the girls just singing and worshiping Jesus and, and sharing a little bit as well. It was absolutely brilliant. So check that out as well, because what God is doing in our homes at the moment is so, so important. Now, as we get into the word this morning, Uh, just want to reflect for a moment the last couple of Sundays to put in context what I believe God wants to say to us this morning. Uh, Last week, Jane brought a great message uh, about intimacy and depth with Jesus in this time that we are in. And when we have an intimacy and a depth with Jesus, that also develops like a resilience on the inside of us to really stand and to to, uh, be where God wants us to be in the face of challenge and and things going on. And that was off the back of the message the week before, which was really about how do you grow in a time of pressure or how do you grow under pressure? And many of us have experienced some limitations and restrictions and maybe some some pressure over the last few weeks during the lockdown, which uh, might have caused some challenges in our lives. And and we want to just encourage each other. How do we grow? How do we go forward in a time like this? And and maybe uh, we've tasted something that we're not used to, limitations, restrictions in different ways. And we're not used to that, like many Christians are around the world where there are genuine restrictions, limitations on living out their faith. And maybe we've just had a little taster. But when we look at the life of Jesus, he lived with constant challenge. He lived with constant opposition. And he actually lived with people plotting his death and constant death threats as well. So how did he handle that? How did he still live and fulfill the purpose that the Father had for him in his life in the face of those things? So as we look at how he lived, what does that mean for us in our lives. Now, our theme at the moment is simply Jesus. And what does that mean? We're looking at what he said, what he taught, what he commanded, and how he lived. So when he invited and called his first disciples, because obviously we're disciples of him, of Jesus, when he called his first disciples, what did he say to them? In Matthew 4, verse 19, 
It says, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So what was Jesus doing when he invited these guys, the the initial disciples, what was he doing when he invited them to follow him? He was inviting them into the Jesus life. He wasn't just inviting them into a set of teachings or a set of commands or a load of actions. He was actually inviting them into a relationship with him. Ultimately, he was inviting them into a relationship with the Father. And so in that relationship he was inviting them into, everything was going to flow in their lives and through their lives. And the same for us. So what we want to do is we want to start unpacking a little bit that come follow me, this Jesus life that we've been invited into. And for many of us, maybe we are already living the Jesus life and we want to unpack how do we grow in that? How do we move forward in that? Maybe some of you who are part of the meeting this morning, the service today, maybe you're not living that Jesus life yet because you don't know Jesus. And hopefully what we're going to share this morning is going to help you to see what does it look like to know God? What does it look like to have relationship with Him? So let's have a look. We're going to look at some things this morning at some of the firsts that Jesus said or did, because we're going to be looking at a lot of the red letters, the things that Jesus said over the next few weeks. So let's have a look at the first situation that Jesus is really uh, not just spoken about, but where we hear the first things that he said. Now, the context we look at is in Luke 2, uh, and particularly at verse 49. Now, the context is that, that Jesus, with his, his, his parents, Joseph and Mary and, and others, had, had been in Jerusalem. They'd been up there for the Passover, and they were now on their way home. But unbeknown to his parents, Jesus wasn't with them. Now, this is probably the parent's worst nightmare. When when the mum thinks the dad has the kids or the dad thinks the mum has the kids, and then when you ask each other, have you got little Johnny, have you got little Mary? And they go, no, I thought you had them. And suddenly you realise, ah, we haven't got the kids. And Mary and Joseph realise that neither of them had Jesus. Sudden moment of panic, sudden moment of where is he? And basically... It took them three days to find him in Jerusalem. And when they found him back in Jerusalem, they asked him, you know, where where have you been? And this was his response, verse 49, because this is going to give us some keys. Some of the things we're going to look at, at really the essence of of Jesus' life and some of the backbone of his life that this created, okay, that enabled him to be who he was, fully man, not just fully God, but fully man on earth, because he's going to show us what is it like to have relationship with the Father? What is it like to live out, not just that relationship, but what does it look like lived out, expressing the heart of the Father to other people? What did he say in verse 49? Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my Father's house. Interesting phrase. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? Jesus was 12 years old at the time. What was he saying? He was saying, guys, didn't you think this was the obvious place to be? In the temple where the presence of God is, uh, where you're going to hear the word, where you're going to be taught, where you're going to be learned, where you're going to learn, where you're going to find out how do you worship God? How do you give your life to God? And Because right at the heart of Jesus was relationship. I want to know the Father. I want to be in relationship with Him. 
So that was the first time we hear Jesus speaking. He says, I had to be in my father's house. I wanted to be in relationship, wanted to be in his presence. Then let's just take a step forward a few years. He was 12. Now he's 30. It's the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And what was the first thing that we then uh, see and hear of Jesus at this time? Luke 4 verses 1 and 2. It says, now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, what's the moment that we're in? Jesus has just been baptised in water by John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit has just come upon him, okay? And then we read in this verse, full of the Holy Spirit, he's now led by the Spirit in the wilderness. You think, well, hang on a minute. He's just starting his ministry, surely, he's not going to go into the wilderness, off to a place for a bit. Isn't he going to just get stuck into preaching, teaching, doing miracles and and doing all the stuff that that God had called him to be doing? No, it says here, full of the Holy Spirit, led, he was left the Jordan, led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them, he was hungry. So Jesus led by the Spirit. He was sent by the Spirit, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to pray for 40 days, to fast for 40 days. Now, what does this say about us? Not about us, sorry. What does it say about Jesus? God was not in a hurry. Jesus was 30 years old. Some of us would think, well, as soon as Jesus was old enough, surely the Father would get him speaking, ministering, getting out there, changing lives. No, Jesus was growing in relationship with the Father as he was growing up, growing in relationship with the Father into his 20s. And then when he was 30, baptised in water, baptised in the Holy Spirit, then led by the Spirit, into a quiet place, into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was praying and fasting. And during that time, he was then tempted by the devil, okay? So the first thing Jesus did after being baptised in water and the Spirit was led to pray and fast for 40 days. What What was God doing with Jesus? He was basically saying, the Father was saying to Jesus, you're gonna live this life to serve me at the pace and in the way that I want you to live it. This is the way you're going to be effective. This is the way you're going to be fruitful. So what happened during that time? Matthew 4, verses 3 and 4. While Jesus is praying and fasting in the wilderness, the devil came to him, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what was going on here? Jesus, during the 40 days of praying and fasting, his relationship with the Father was being developed. Okay, He was hearing from God. He was meeting with God. He was spending time praying. In the middle of that, the enemy came to attack him, to tempt him, to undermine him. What did he, what was he trying to undermine at this moment? He was trying to get, he was trying to attack Jesus's relationship with the Father. What was he saying? Hey, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, Now do something in your own strength. Do something in your own power. Do something separate from the Father. But what was Jesus' response in that moment? No, I'm not going to do anything separate from the Father. What did he say? He said, man 
does not live on bread alone. Man needs food. Man needs the natural stuff like that. But that's not the real source of his life. Okay. What did he then say? He then says, but man lives on every word or needs to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What was Jesus saying? Yeah, I understand I need natural food, but that's not my dependency. That's not my go-to. My dependency is on the Father. My dependency is on what he is speaking and what he is saying to me. My dependency is on him. Wow. So the first response to the first temptation was, I'm going to the word. I'm going to what the Father's saying. So in a time of challenge, in a time of pressure, in a time of limitations, in a time where things could get on top of us, the first thing we want to do, like Jesus, is not tempt to self-medicate or go to this, that or the other. The first thing we want to do is, I'm going to the Father. I want to hear what he's going to say to me. I want to know what he wants to do in me right now to help me have victory, to help me overcome, to help me walk through circumstances and challenges that are facing me. Now, let's look at another first because we want to see how the backbone and the essence of Jesus' life developed because the Jesus life that he's called us into, come follow me, is how we want to live also. So let's have a Look at Mark 1.35. What does it say here? The context of this verse right now is Jesus was now in ministry. He began to teach and preach. Many miracles began to happen. Crowds began to gather around him. He was in Capernaum. They had an amazing evening uh, uh, in Capernaum where many, many people, incredible miracles were happening. And after that night, Uh, Obviously, everybody went to bed, but Mark 1, 35 says, Very early the following morning, in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house where he uh, was, and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, what was Jesus doing? Now, he recognized that the source of his life the dependency of his life was on the Father. So they'd had an amazing time of ministry, awesome time. It'd be very, very tempting to kind of live off the back of what had gone on the night before or to say, we had an amazing time. I'm in the flow. I'm in the flow. This is cool. But what did Jesus understand the next morning before anything started, before uh, he could have been sidetracked, before the pressure was on for people to heal, to deliver, to preach, to teach, what's he going to say next? What's he going to do next? Before anything started, the first thing he wanted to do was, I want to go and be with the Father. I want to go and spend time in his presence. So we got up early. Now, sometimes in Jesus' life, he got up early before everything else started. Other times, he, at the end of the day, he went off and spent time with the Father. Other times, he sometimes prayed through the night. What does it show about us about Jesus? The first opportunity that he had because of his being busy, it's not, it's not wrong to be busy. I think sometimes we can be sidetracked by busyness, but it's not wrong to be busy. But in that busy life that he had, he constantly looked for an opportunity to spend time with the Father. And sometimes that was first thing in the morning before everything else happened. Why? Because he wanted to download, Father, what are you saying about today? I want to live in the way that you want me to live today. I want to hear from you today. I want to be spend time in your presence today. Sometimes that was late at night, as we've already said. But why did Jesus do that? Because he understood 
the words that he was going to speak later, but he understood the importance of the word in our life because in John 6, verse 63, Jesus said himself, the spirit gives life, and the, but the flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. What did Jesus understand? He understood that his, the, the word, his own words, not these were, 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 were going to lead to nothing. They weren't going to affect anybody. There was no power in his own words because what did Jesus say himself? He said, I only speak the words my father gives me to speak and I only do the things that my father shows me to do. So what is Jesus saying? He understood the spirit gives life. The flesh, my own things, my own actions don't do anything, but the spirit gives life. And, and in that context, He's saying, I'm dependent on the Father. I'm, I need to trust Him. My life is in the Father. So what are we seeing this morning? The Jesus life is about knowing the Father. The Jesus life is about knowing the words that the Father is speaking in our, in our lives. So Jesus knew the source of His life. He knew how He needed to be so connected with the Father. Why? not only for relationship, but because the Father, God, wanted to flow not just in Jesus, but He wanted to work through Him so that the Father could fulfill everything He wanted to fulfill. So Jesus knew because there were going to be challenges, because there were going to be expectations, because He knew the Father wanted to work through Him, he knew that he wanted to spend time with the Father. Now, we've already seen that Jesus was 30 years old before he went into ministry. And it was like, well, there didn't seem to be a rush here for God to fulfill his purposes. Now, God is not in a rush. God is not sitting on his throne in anxiety. He's not sitting on his throne saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry up. God is sitting on his throne working out his plans and his purposes on the earth. And he wants you and I to join in with those plans and purposes. And we've been invited by Jesus into the Jesus life. When Jesus says, come, follow me, he invites us into that life. And God wants us to live at the pace that he wants us to live in. He doesn't want us to live at an anxious pace. He doesn't want to live at a worried pace pace. He doesn't want us to live uh, in a rushed pace. He wants us to live the Jesus life in the pace that the Father wants us to live. So let's just look at a few moments at how did Jesus live? Well, Jesus did have a full schedule, but he was never in a hurry. Jesus was busy, but never rushed. People tried to hurry him, but he would never be hurried. Let's just have a look at a, a, a couple of stories uh, in Luke chapter 8. We're not going to turn there, uh, but we're just going to summarise the story briefly. Jesus in the, is in the middle of speaking and teaching, and in the middle of that, Jairus, the synagogue ruler, interrupts Jesus. Now, how many of you love interruptions? Uh, how many of you really don't like interruptions? But Jesus is in the middle of speaking. This guy, Jairus, turns up, T-bones, interrupts Jesus, but he says to Jesus, hey, Jesus, my daughter is dying. If you come to my house and pray for her, she will be healed. Now, immediately Jesus stops what he's doing 
and says to Jairus, yep, I'll come with you. As he begins to go with Jairus uh, to, uh, to Jairus' house, Jesus is then interrupted again by a lady who'd been sick for 12 years. She'd spent all her money on doctors trying to get well, but she was getting worse. Because of the sickness she had, she was an outcast. She couldn't be in public. And if she was in public, according to the law uh, that day, she would, be, she would make others unclean because she was unclean clean herself and she could be stoned. And in the middle of this scenario, she'd heard about Jesus. She knew and heard all the stories about people getting healed. And she thought, and she knew, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And so she pressed through the crowd. The crowd. She, she grabbed the, the tassels of his garment and immediately she, she did that. Power went out from Jesus and she was immediately healed. Jesus at that moment said, who touched me? He stopped. Who touched me? Imagine Jairus at that moment, who is desperate to get Jesus to his house because his daughter is dying. Jesus stops and said, who touched me? Power's gone out from me. His disciples in that moment said, Jesus, come on, there's so many people around you. Everybody's wanting to touch you. Everybody's pressing in around you. But Jesus said, no, power has just gone out from me. Who touched me? Then this woman came trembling before him, knowing if she gives herself up like this, she could actually be stoned. But she comes before him and, and says, Jesus, I'm the one who touched you. What does Jesus say? I love his response in this moment. Jesus says, daughter. He doesn't just say woman or who do you think you are? He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now go in peace. That was an amazing response. You know, what I love about Jesus is he is always fully present in the moment for people's lives. So he was speaking to the crowd. He was then interrupted. There was a need at that moment that was more important than speaking to the crowd. It was to go and heal someone. As he's going to, to, to heal the daughter of the synagogue ruler, he then gets interrupted by someone else. Suddenly that, that woman becomes the center of attention in that moment. She gets healed, power goes out from him. So God wants to speak into our lives in the middle of situations. Why? So that when challenges come, when circumstances that seem to be different to the word or what God's promises are into our lives, that doesn't change what God has said. It's not going to change the outcome. So even though Jairus was in a panic, he was wanting Jesus, rush, rush, hurry, hurry. Jesus was like, no, hang on a minute. We're in a place of faith. There's no rush. There's no hurry. God's in control. We can go at a walking pace because this is a walk with God. It's a walk with Jesus. We can go at that pace and he's still going to fulfill everything he's, going to say, he's saying into our lives. When we walk with Jesus at the pace he is walking at, we live in a place of rest. We live in a place without anxiety. We live in a place without worry. We live in a place where we don't have to be fearful. Why? Because when we walk with him, he is in 
control. But sometimes we want him to walk with us. Jesus, come at our pace. Come and do this. Come and do that. Come on. And he says, no, come follow me. Follow me in the Jesus life. And when we follow him and walk with him in the Jesus life, rest, peace. It's amazing. What else did Jesus do? Sometimes he sat with friends. Sometimes he hung out. So Mary and Martha and Lazarus uh, in Capernaum, that's where they lived. He often hung out with them. He often spent time with them, uh, just chilling out, eating. Jesus spent time, I think sometimes we think, did Jesus ever chill out? Or was he constantly 24 seven speaking, ministering, doing stuff? No, Jesus had times of rest. Why? Because although he was fully God, he was also fully man. And he knew that he needed to live dependent on the Father, finding rest for his soul as well. And sometimes he spent time with his friends, chilling out, eating, but he also spent time eating with tax collectors and sinners as the Bible talks about. And in that moment, he'd be sharing life, he'd be speaking, and, and there's a pace and a time and a space for everything that God wants to do in our lives. There was always time for everything that God wanted to do in and through Jesus. So whether he stopped in that moment and ministered to the woman that needed healing, whether it was time with Jairus going to his house to raise his daughter from the dead, whether it is time with Martha, Mary and Lazarus at their home, whether it was time with the tax collectors and sinners, and speaking to them the truth of the gospel, what did time mean for Jesus? Time with the Father, time with the disciples. What did time mean for Jesus? Time equaled love. When Jesus spent time with people, what was he doing? He was expressing the heart of the Father to people. Don't you love that? So if time equals love for Jesus, what, does, what is he doing now in his resurrected body in heaven at the right hand of the Father? What is he doing now expressing his love for you and I to enable us to live the Jesus life on earth now in the power of the Holy Spirit? What's going on now? Let's have a look at Romans chapter eight. And there's a few verses there. We're just gonna look at briefly. Romans 28 to uh, 38. We're gonna pick out a few verses. Verse 26, in the same way, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. So maybe there's some challenges for us at this moment, okay, in the the scenarios that we're in. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So what's the Holy Spirit doing? Let alone Jesus at this moment, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us at this moment. Why? Because in our weakness, we don't know what to pray. I don't know about you, but the last few weeks, sometimes I've been like, Father, I don't know what to pray. I don't know how to pray. And it's like God saying, Clive, don't worry. I was praying, this is about 10 days ago. I was praying one day, I said, Father, I don't know what to pray today. And immediately this verse came to mind that in my weakness, the Holy Spirit helps me, okay, because I don't know what I need to pray. 
but the Spirit himself intercedes for me with groans that words cannot express. Verse 27, let's have a look at that in this context. And he who searches, the Father who searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for, for God's people in accordance with God's will. So what is God doing for us at this, this moment? By his Spirit, the Holy Spirit is praying for us, but he's praying God's will and God's purpose for us to a enable us to live in the purpose of God and the will of God. That's amazing. So the Holy Spirit's not just in us so that we pray that, but the Holy Spirit is praying that for us so that at this time we live in the will and the purpose of God now. So what does it say in verse 28? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So what does that mean? It doesn't matter what the circumstances, what the pressure, what the opposition we might face. God says, I am. My spirit is praying and interceding for you so that my will is outworked in your life. Don't you love that? We don't have to just struggle ourselves to do that. The Holy Spirit is in us and the Holy Spirit is praying for us for the will and the purposes to be worked out in our lives. So when we pray, what are we doing? We are joining in with what the Holy Spirit is praying for us. The Holy Spirit shows us what to pray so that we can then pray what the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Then what does it say in verse 31? What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, if God is praying for us, if God is backing us like that, who can be against us? Well, <laughs> that, that just blows me away, all right? That the Holy Spirit is praying for us, God is totally for us, who then can be against us? But then what does it say in verse 34? It gets even better. Verse 34, who then is the one who condemns us? It then says, no one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. This just gets better. So not only is the Holy Spirit praying for us and enabling us to pray ourselves and to live out God's purposes, we also have Jesus interceding for us. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. We have Jesus now praying for us. So when we pray, what is the Holy Spirit doing? He is enabling us to join in with what He and Jesus are praying for us. Now, what is going on here? This is the Jesus life. How do we know that? Because if the Holy Spirit was praying for us, the Holy Spirit was definitely praying for Jesus to enable him to live the Jesus life in the way the Father wanted him to. And so the Holy Spirit and Jesus are now praying for us to enable us to live the Jesus life that he has called us Two. Then what does it say in verse 35? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or darkness or the danger or the sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So what is this Jesus life? This Jesus life uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit is a life lived as more than conquerors, as more more than overcomers. This is absolutely amazing. Why? Because Jesus has 
overcome anything that could separate us from him, no matter what it is. Don't you just love what Jesus says in his word? We are more than conquerors. Then verse 38, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. Jesus has invited us to live the Jesus life in the power of his Holy Spirit, which means that we are unseparatable, if that is a word, from him, unseparable from him because of what he has done for us, because of who he is in us, because he has placed the Holy Spirit in our lives to enable us to live the Jesus life in relationship with the Father. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, we thank you that you have given us Jesus. We thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you enable us to live the Jesus life that you enable us to live and have the same kind of relationship with the Father that Jesus had with the Father. And Father, like Jesus, we want you to be the one that we go to first. We want, we want you to be the one that we trust first, that we don't medicate on anything else, but we go to you first. So right now in, in your life, any anxiety, just give it to him right now. Just say, Father, I give you anxiety. Any fear, Father, I give you the fear. Anything going on that is causing trouble, angst, that is trying to rob you living in a place of rest, just say, Father, I give it to you right now, I hand it over. And Father, instead, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for total well-being right now. I thank you for your presence coming upon my life and my home, my family, whoever's with me. I thank you, you come upon me and in amongst us afresh right now. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you. You've called me to live the Jesus life. Maybe some of you who are part of the meeting this morning, you don't know Jesus, as we mentioned earlier, and you're saying, I don't know much about Jesus. Maybe you're watching because family members that you're with are watching this morning and you're in the same room. But while we've been watching, Something's been going on in your heart and life. Something's been, it's like the, something's been going on. It's like, I want to respond to Jesus. How do I have this kind of relationship? How do I have that kind of peace? How do I get rid of all this angst and stuff that's going on in me? Well, you take a step towards Jesus and you step into the Jesus life. How do you do that? Firstly, you recognize I need Jesus. What's the next step? Firstly, you recognize I'm separated from him. 
and I need to deal with that separation. What separates you from Jesus? It's called sin. What is sin? It's everything you do that acts independently from God, just doing your own thing, living your own way. And so when we respond, what does it mean to respond to Jesus, to give our lives to Him? It means to surrender everything. How do we surrender? The first thing we say is, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. What does that look like? We say to Jesus, please would you forgive me for sin, for all the sins I've committed, all the things I've done that acted independently from you. What does Jesus do when you do that? He says, I forgive you. I wipe the slate clean. What's the next thing you do? You then say, Jesus, I'll give you my life. What is then his response is, when you give me your life, I'm gonna give you my life. And what happens then? Everything changes. So if you wanna surrender your life to Jesus today, just take a first step and respond by just saying, Jesus, I wanna know you. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for sin, all the sins I've done. I ask you to forgive me. What does Jesus do? He forgives you right now. He cleanses your heart and your life. Now simply, Jesus, I give you my life and I want you to give me your life. What does he do? He comes into your life and you can begin to take a first step in knowing Him. And if that's what's in your heart today, if that's what you might have even prayed and expressed in somewhere or other this morning, I'd love for you to get in touch so we can help you take some next steps. And if you want to do that, you can email us today, info at kingdomfaith.com. We'll get in touch with you. If you want us to call you, put your phone number in there and we'd love to call you, speak with you and help you in any way we can. If you're with others in your room right now, you can talk with them and ask them some next steps. How do I develop relationship with Jesus? So get in touch and we'd love to help you in your next steps. And maybe some of you, uh, you, you wanted to take some next steps this morning in your own life. I want to encourage you to do that. I want us to finish with one verse in John 16, 33, that says, Jesus speaking himself here, I have told you these things, all the things we've been looking at this morning, so that in me you may have peace. Because in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Wow. Because he has overcome, we can overcome. One of the things he's overcome is ill health and sickness. And if you have any issues like that going on in your body right now, just receive from Jesus now. If you have any healing stuff, maybe just shut your eyes. Maybe if you want, you can put your hands out in front of you just to help you receive. But just receive your healing right now. Father, I thank you for your healing grace in people's bodies. Just come on, every sickness, every symptom, every diagnosis of what's going on in people's bodies to go right now. I thank you for those neck spasms and shoulder spasms going right now. I thank you for relief there in, in Jesus' name. I thank you for clicky joints, bones, where there's clicking. I thank you for healing right now in knees and elbows and other areas in people's bodies. I thank you for those things being dealt with. I thank you for muscle, tissue, that has been ripped and torn. I thank you for healing there right now. I thank you, Lord. 
there are one or two respiratory conditions. God is healing now. Father, I thank you. I praise your name for your healing grace. Whatever it is, whether I mention it or not, just take hold of what is yours. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for your healing grace. Thank you for the release in people's homes and lives and bodies now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for your presence in people's homes right now. Thank you we can live in your presence today and this week going forward. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you enable us to live the Jesus life. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, guys, be really, really blessed. If you can make it Wednesday, 7 p.m., join the prayer meeting online. Love to have you there. Let's pray heaven down on earth. Have a great day. Be really, really blessed. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.